people, we are all the way up and you know what it is. It's another edition with your boys on the action. That's right, and I'm not by myself. I have the valedictorian, the father of Jackson and Jordan with me, and huh, the Southern Honor commentary guy, Mr. GB, how are you? Hey, man, it's good to be here. It's good to be alive for another day. And uh, today we're representing, you can remember this one, El Generico in El honor of the former Intercontinental Champion, Sami Zayn, which is a whole nother topic. Sami Zayn. Yeah, yes, indeed. <sighs> yes, indeed. How are you, you know, doing? Oh, go ahead. I, man, listen, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm doing good. I'm thinking about Sami Zayn, who's sitting at home. Some of the guys are giving him a hard time about being at home. We don't know if he got his tooth pulled, if he's afraid of COVID, or if he's oh, just no, saying, we know I'm not coming. Home. He's home because he's like, I'm no, I, COVID and I don't get along. I don't care that I am the Intercontinental Champion. I care about my family. So, no, thank you. So, yes, Sami Zayn is at home. And uh, hey, I'm at home. You're at home. We all are still yeah. staying quarantined, still yeah. staying safe. Both of our states are open. Texas is open. Georgia is open. We're still playing it safe by being at home. Yeah, we're playing it safe because it's the right thing to do. And, uh, you know, they've said here in Georgia, which I am not surprised at, that apparently the uh, Georgia Department of Health has been reporting the wrong numbers and the, they gave the governor the wrong numbers. So their numbers mm. were off. And so he's put out a public apology about it. Um, it it's just it's just madness, man. It's madness. Sounds man. like Georgia has Vince Russo at the helm. Doesn't just making up stuff. Just <laughs> randomly making up stuff. It's really quite crazy. It's quite crazy. So, huh. so be it, man. How's your week been? You know what? My week has been okay. Busy, busy, yeah. busy. I can't say busy enough. <laughs> so right. it's always good when I can cut out and get what my boys talking about. The glorious sport of professional. Wait a minute. We can use this word in Connecticut again. Wrestling. How about Talk that? Talk about some wrestling. How about that? Well, it's been a, a, bus a busy week here, too. It's been quite a busy week in you wrestling. Know, I, you know, I don't, I don't think people understand, you know, for things, you know, they see, they see us here, but there's a lot that goes into it, and we're doing a bunch of other things behind the <sighs> scenes that really takes up a lot of our time. And so, listen, um, yeah. Getting our schedules to mesh every week mm -hmm. uh, is, is uh, that's a feat in itself. It is. It That's really a is. In itself. And when you can land all three of us on the screen at one time, my God, we hit the jackpot. Yeah, well, you spent, you said three of us, so we got to shout out our good brother, Brandon Clack, uh, who has announced that he has a brand new baby girl, Zoe Mariah. Yeah. And so we are excited. That's why you don't see Clack. He is being a dad as he should be. Uh, it's interesting because, you know, this time last year, I was doing the same Listen. thing. It was you welcoming the world to Sir Jackson, if you Absolutely. will. Absolutely. Now Clack is welcoming the world to Princess Zoe at Absolutely. this time. Absolutely. So this time of year seems to be kind of a birthing year, if you will, this time of year. We'll see yeah. what the beards have in store for next year. We may get a dog or something. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> you could be cooking up almost anything. We know you. You could you birth all kinds of cool stuff. So you just never know what's happening for certain with quarantine. Everybody has enough time to be cooking something. You got that right. <laughs> so it's time to hop into wrestling news. Of course, again, a big thank you to all of you guys who have been supporting what we're doing here on video. It's a new chapter for the faction, but you know, one of the things we've always done for the last four years is try to always step things up a bit. So uh, the evolution of what we're doing has been a lot of fun. So I hope you guys have enjoyed it. And uh, definitely remember, you can check us out in a lot of places, of course, on social media at The Faction Show. Subscribe to our podcast where we're still giving you those quick hits, where we're talking about a lot of current wrestling news and the like. You're killing those things. You Thank are you, really brother. knocking those things out. I appreciate that. I really appreciate that. And then, of course, now the video podcast that we have, which you can check out on Facebook, and we'll have some other things that we're doing as well. In fact, shout out to all of you who are watching us right now on our Facebook Live. We absolutely appreciate it. So we've called today's episode Tales from the Dark Side because, yeah, there's a lot going on. So we had something we were going to start with, which we will eventually get to, but is being supplanted by the big news of the week, which is just this incredible story surrounding uh, Shad Gaspard of Crime Time. If you haven't heard about it, check this out. The body of former WWE star Shad Gaspard has been found in Venice Beach. He disappeared in rough water on Sunday after his young son was rescued by lifeguards. KCOMLIGHT's Tina Patel has more. Distraught family members rushed to Venice Beach early this morning after finding out the body of Shad Gaspar had washed up on shore three days after he'd been swept away in a strong rip current. The 39-year-old former WWE wrestler had been swimming with his 10-year-old son Sunday afternoon when the two got caught in the waves. When lifeguards swam out to help, Gaspar reportedly told them to focus on the boy. I don't have that information firsthand, but I, I did hear that there was a, an effort to to save his son and that our lifeguard was able to do that. But lifeguards weren't able to get back to Gaspard. And even though they brought in air units and divers with sonar equipment, their efforts to find him were unsuccessful. You know, as lifeguards, we're trying to make rescues and save people and that's what we do. Um, so that's tough on our, our divisions, tough on our lifeguards. It's, it's obviously very tough on the family. The loss has also been tough for fans who remember Gaspard as part of the popular crime time team. The Rock sent out a prayer on social media saying, man, this is a tough one, a really tough one. Great guy. Gaspard's body was found north of the Venice Pier, more than half a mile from where he'd gone missing. Lifeguards say that's because the swells this time of year are rough and unpredictable. They expect there will be another big turnout at beaches this weekend, especially with warm temperatures expected on Memorial Day. Lifeguards don't want any more families to have a tragedy like Gaspard's, so they're putting out the warning now. If you're gonna come down to the beach, please be as safe as possible. Check in with our, our lifeguards and make sure that you swim and surf in front of an open lifeguard tower. At Venice Beach, Tina Patel, KCAL 9 News. All right, so Shad Gaspard, uh, member of Crime Time, in fact, uh, you guys may remember one of our first interviews here on The Faction was with his tag team partner, JTG of Crime Time. You can go back into the archives and check out that episode. But uh, this story is just so heartbreaking and powerful. Um, what are your thoughts on this story and the impact of Shad Gaspard? <sighs> These are the wrestling journalistic moments that you wish not to be a part of. 
Yeah. Here is a young man, 39 years old, out swimming in the Pacific Ocean with his son. Tragedy hits. Uh, it's been reported that one of the final statements was for them to take care of his son and basically come back to get him. And we all know by the tragic news that when they went back, they couldn't locate him. John Murray, uh, fourth member of the faction of the Four Horsemen, if you will, posted on Instagram earlier today his thoughts as he had quite a relationship with him, I believe, through JTG. Mm -hmm. Um, Listen, man, from all the reportings that we're reading, this is a guy who loved his son. Yes. Very much. He was a husband, a father. So the wrestling world lost uh, a person that has entertained us, but there is a family in California that's walking in an empty closet with clothes trying to reconcile what do we do next. (sighs) You know, it was last year that my wife and I went to the river, and I told you guys that uh, I had a very scary moment uh, with the water. And I thought for a second, I may not make it out. And so as, as a husband, I'm thinking about the fact that I don't want my wife to watch me go out this way. As I remember flailing in the water and I remember the seconds of wondering what was going to happen and her panicking and wondering, and you know, my just makes you think about the totality of your life. Mm -hmm. Uh, I cannot imagine what Shad was thinking. I know he was thinking save my son, but at some point he had to think about himself. Uh, but it, it is, and we'll, we'll get into this uh, as we get into one of the next segments. As one of Owen's last statements was, look out. Yeah. I don't want to hurt anybody. One of Shad's state, statements was, take care of my son. Mm-hmm. The true tale of a great wrestler is, did you take care of the person you're in the ring with? Absolutely. And that is lived in this moment. You know, it's uh, as as parents, as you know, just black men in a time where our lives are so fragile as it is, it is very difficult to watch a moment like this. And it's difficult to watch a moment like this because uh, I think one of the reasons why people found it so difficult to believe is because he is such a big man. Six, yeah. eight, 300 plus pounds. Muscular muscular i mean jacked you would think like what could move a man like this what you know what could move and so i you just sometimes words escape you you know and yeah. again, his final moment being a hero preferring his son yeah. to live you know and i don't know that he necessarily knew that he would die he just right i want my son cared for which, Make sure he's okay. I can, I can, I can take care of me. Yeah. And then life happens. You know, yeah. GB. As I think about this, we we are only nine years removed on May twentieth of losing Randy Macho Man Savage. Mm-hmm. We all remember what that felt like. Yeah. And so when you think of what uh, May nineteenth, May twentieth, May twenty first holds for us. Mm-hmm. Those type of dates you want to think about on May twentieth when Bruno San Martino won one of his first championship titles, right? And you celebrate that in the folklore of wrestling history. But now, when this date comes around and the date surrounding it, not only will we think about a Macho Man Savage, but we also think about Shad. Yeah, it's a very very sad moment, and it's also one of the moments that I think is unique in the wrestling world because 
ever since the news broke on Monday, we have heard a lot of people from the wrestling community speak to just Correct. how wonderful of a Correct. man Chad is from Correct. all organizations. Absolutely. Um, and I thought that that was powerful too, you know, because a lot of people have a lot of things to say about a lot of people. And it's oh, very yeah. rare that you get so many people saying so many heartfelt things about one person. Um, so it's just a, a sad, sad moment. And uh, our thoughts are with his family. I mean, I, I can't imagine what his son feels like. I can't mm. imagine what his wife feels like, both of whom were clearly there when this happened. I mean, you know, we both spent a lot of time in Virginia Beach. You know, oh God, yeah. And it, so, it, it, water is just a way of life when you grow up on the coast. It is. It is that's, it, it's not anything you think you think a second uh, about. You you right. know, it's the way we blow off steam. We spend quite mm -hmm. a bit of water, and if if you aren't used to living in a coastal type area with yeah. a beach on the ready within 15 minutes, you'll never understand. Many will say, "Well, why was he out there?" Mm -hmm. And growing up as a kid who lived not far from the beach, I'll say, "Why wasn't he out there?" Yeah. And, and that's just it, you know, life's so much about perspective. And when you think about, you know, there are those who are like, well, why was he? But no, when you live on a, near water, whether it's California or South or East or Caribbean or whatever. Very true. It's a way of life. You don't, and, and so, so, way of so life. it's so much so that you don't even consider the dangers. You don't consider waves taking you out. You don't consider no because it, it could never happen to you is what you think exactly exactly so this is just one of those yeah. super freak things and i just my lord i i am just so incredibly sad to hear about this and yeah. um and so segueing from that uh, one of the other pieces that we had planned to talk about today, um, this past week on uh, Dark Side of the Ring, it was the season finale. And let me just say, shout out to the producers and writers from that show, because this season was unbelievable. All the stories were incredible. Uh, it started, of course, with Chris Benoit, a story that we absolutely wanted to hear. Uh, last week, they talked about the Road Warriors, a really powerful story. But this week yeah. is something that we've not had an opportunity to hear a whole lot about um, because a lot of the parties involved were pretty much tight-lipped over the years. Um, until now, it's been some 21 years since we heard this announcement from JR. Check it out. In the chaos, Kevin Dunn, the executive producer, thought that I had been told that what the deal was. And I said, Kevin, nobody's told us anything. What is the update? And he said, uh, he's dead. And you're back in 10, 9. And I have the unfortunate responsibility to let everyone know that Owen Hart has died. Owen Hart has tragically died from that accident here tonight. On camera that people saw was a result of 10 seconds of preparation. Didn't know what to say. And it was a storyline. I got very numb after that night. My hands were shaking. My stomach was hurting. I was just, I was, damn, man. And they went on with the show. Just reliving that brings back a lot of crazy memories. I remember watching that pay-per-view 
trying to understand what I was seeing. And uh, it was a crazy night, a crazy time in our business, a time that's still debated about a lot. We'll get into that for a second, but I want to talk about this. Watching Dark Side of the Ring this week, uh, first and foremost, what were your takeaways about Owen Hart? <sighs> Man, you, you know, you, you've heard people talk about Owen Hart, and they kind of alluded to him in the Mick Foley status, and I'll say it like this. Mm-hmm. It was a guy who wanted to get his check, collect as much of his check as he could to get out of the business as soon as he could. Yeah. I don't think Owen Hart had a problem with the overall wrestling business. I think he had a problem with the larger pro- promotion over the territory. This is a kid who grew up watching his father, a la the Von Erich style, watching their father, Fritz. He watched to run the Calgary promotion. And so as he ran that promotion, he was used to more uh, local style wrestling, the promotion. He didn't mind uh, not traveling far, maybe traveling less than an hour away to get to the venue, knowing some of the fans, them knowing him, them knowing his kids. But when it came to him having to be in America quite often, always going through customs, constantly having to be far away from his family on the road, as she said, 265 days. 10 days on, three days at home. That wasn't the lifestyle that, that he looked for. He loved wrestling, but he loved his family much, much more. Yeah. Two kids, a boy and a girl, he certainly wanted to be there to help them, as they said, set the train tracks up. Mm-hmm. So when you think about a week like a May 19, 20, 21st, 22nd, 23rd, mm-hmm. 1999, the loss of the great Owen Hart. And I totally agree with Chris Jericho said. If Owen had been alive one more year, he would have seen oh. the likes of uh, Eddie Guerrero. And I'll say what they won't say. And Chris Benoit, can you mm-hmm. imagine the matches we would have between him and Chris Benoit, yeah. Perry Saturn, Dean Malenko? It would have been wrestling heyday for Owen Hart. Yeah, you know, it, it's the Owen Hart situation is so interesting because you're right. You know, when we usually look at pro wrestlers, we see wrestlers who love the business so much and can't keep their families together. Um, And Owen was the opposite of that. Owen was the guy who, even though he came from a wrestling family, he was just like, I don't plan to be in here my whole life. You know, Uh, I'll throw a segue to another area we're pretty familiar with. It's like pastors, you know, Uh, it's a rare day that pastors go into it saying, I got a plan to do this for X number of years. And when I hit that mark, I'm out. Most times pastors yeah. are considered to be lifers. And so, yeah. so it is in the wrestling business, particularly when you've got wrestling in your blood. And uh, so it was so refreshing for me to learn how smart he was, to learn his other career aspirations, wanting to be a firefighter, wanting to act, wanting to do other things besides pro wrestling. And, um, you know, he only really did wrestling because he found himself good at it. And he was like, yeah. it was means to an end. And um, perhaps I would say watching Owen um, was the first time that I started to feel like, you know what? It's okay that wrestlers don't completely dedicate their lives to this sport. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's okay. They understand, but we don't. You know, it's like our gripe with athletes when they leave our favorite team and we say, oh, they weren't Mm -hmm. loyal. Hey, that team will trade them in a New York second. Yes, they will. So teams aren't expected to be loyal to players, but we expect players to be loyal to a team and to a city when that city and that team's going to do what's best for them. So listen, man, 
Uh, you know, at a larger place, I'm concerned about things that I'm reading that Kevin Dunn said. Now, I don't know how true it is, okay. but the, the, what I'm hearing on Twitter is that Kevin Dunn came out and said that, hey, don't, don't feel sorry for Martha. She kept her kids from the family. I don't know if that's true, but Kevin Dunn, if that is true, that's a big thing you'll have to answer for because this is a tragic situation all the way around. Well, we and we can probably get into that part of the, you know, and Kevin, Kevin, God, first of all, there's so much of this Owen Hart piece that it's just like uh, incredible, you know, so there's the and again, if you guys haven't watched it, go check out Vice TV, Dark Side of the Ring. You can check it out on YouTube. You can check it out on the Vice app on demand or whatever. Check out this Owen Hart story. Um, but one of the things that's intriguing to me when you look at it was how preventable this was. Oh, God. Oh, God, you know, yeah. How preventable this whole thing was. You know, I think about Jim Ross, who clearly was scarred for life. The idea yeah. that he Never had, the same. He had no idea what actually happened. And that, that same Kevin Dunn is in his ear telling him, oh, yeah, Owen died, and you're back in 10, 9, Eight. He's already had to stall. Now he's watched a man die in front of him, and he's got to tell the world with 10 seconds to prepare that this wrestler has just died. I want to talk about this because he said something that was super powerful. Go he for said, it. Can you imagine WWE not knowing what to do with one of the five best top technical wrestlers in the world? Let's talk about what was happening then and why it is that WWE couldn't find a space suitable for Owen Hart, so they put him back in a mask to have him act as the Blue Blazer again. Exactly. Very, very true. Very true. Very true. Very true. You, you, you think about that because I remember, I remember that brief season between 98 and 99 where Owen went through about four different versions of himself, yes. including the frustrated guy who kept walking out, which that's clearly not something he'd do. Mm -hmm. uh, Stu would have words with him and tap him out if he you know, thought right. that was real. Uh, that's not the way Owen wanted to be remembered, neither the way he wanted to, be, uh, wanted to go out. I always thought in the back of my mind he was being treated that way, uh, a la how they treated Triple H when everyone left. Owen Hart was paying his dues for Brett oh, leaving. Yeah. And so I thought about that, thought he was doing the due diligence. Mm -hmm. But GB, the real travesty here is the rigging company. Oh, oh. Or shall I say the lack thereof a rigging company. So WCW, they have the opportunity to bring in a rigging company. Every one of Sting's landings were safe. So what is it that WCW took into consideration? I honestly think is because the guys over there understood that Turner could be sued at any moment and they had the systems and, and policies in place to make sure everything is going to be safe. When you cut corners on someone's life like that, you could possibly end their life. And when you see that little mechanism that she holds in her hand and she says, this is what my husband was held by, my God. No, My that, God. Was, that was incredibly powerful. And it made me think, you know, uh, shout out to Brandon Clack, who always talks about the return of the attitude era. I think we have to remember that this was, as they say, smack dab in the middle of the attitude era. And I genuinely believe it was the moment 
that the company realized and that wrestling fans realized the attitude era has gone to yeah. My concern with all of this, and you know, you talked about how did WCW get it right and WWE get it wrong. It was also the same thing that caused WCW to lose in the ratings because they could not be a TV 14 company because they had corporate oversight. Exactly. When you have corporate oversight, you also have things like insurance. And I'm not yeah. saying they had insurance for the wrestlers, but you better believe they were going to make sure that none of their wrestlers were seriously injured by an attempt to do a stunt. WWE yeah. hadn't gone public at this point. They're just making money hand over foot. They're being renegades. They're doing things they have no business doing. And again, this was a super dangerous move what what was it going to accomplish and this is the thing that makes me sad about this what was it going to accomplish you know Oge talked about um Oge being Owen's son talked about the fact that this whole idea was to merely save two to three seconds in an entrance and considering it was done while the titantron was on None of us at home, none of the folks in the arena were actually going to even see this. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, uh, you really don't know what the end result was. You always want to ask yourself who was booking at that point, who decided this was okay. Shout out to David Bickenspan. David Bickenspan, who wrote a great article uh, that came out this morning talking about rigging. He is a journalist who also specializes in rigging. Mm -hmm. And he said that when he watched it and he saw that there was the use of what's called a pelican release, mm -hmm. he said he knew it was bad because a pelican release should be used for something 10 to 12 feet off of the ground or away from the original surface. He said the proper thing to use is what we're calling a locking carabiner. In uh, the locking, which he talked about, but he said is a version called the three ring release. In other words, there are three different things that have to happen in order for it to go wrong. This was mm -hmm. a tragedy that no one looked at the details of because they thought they could get away with it. And $18 million later, my question is this, GB, after watching this season two of Dark Side of the Ring, how much money has this man had to pay for negligence? Well, here's the question. You mean after – well – in, I think he's had to pay a lot of money um, over time. And I think he's tried very hard not to tell us about that money. Um, and that's what I'm talking about. So it seems to be 18 is the magic number. Wow. Oh, that same $18 million that went to Florida to ensure that WWE would be considered essential personnel, and yet none of their ratings are reflecting how essential their presentations actually are. So You can move to the next topic. I rest my case. It, it's amazing. So I, I want to ask this, though, because we <laughs> finally got answers to something we've been asking about for years. Why Owen's not in the Hall of Fame. Why Owen Hart is not in the WWE Hall of Fame. And now we heard an impassioned plea from Mark Henry about two years ago during his acceptance speech. He begged for Martha to let Owen in. And everybody in the arena clapped because the fans did not know the other side. After hearing what Dr. Martha Hart had to say and his son Oge had to say about WWE inducting 
uh, Owen Hart into the Hall of Fame, I will ask you, do you think their position is right? And do you think Owen Hart should end up in the WWE Hall of Fame? Yes. There are some moments that you do because it's best for legacy and history. For instance, the Temptations go into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You got to have David Ruffin come back for that. Hmm. There are certain groups that I watch get back together when they're inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the Writers Hall of Fame, that have not talked to each other in years. Hmm. Crosby, Still, and Nash. You think you're going to get them on a stage together again? Ain't no way. But they'll show up to be inducted somewhere. I understand that there, there's uncertainty. But the microphone is turned on so loud, and you'll get a chance to say your piece. Maybe you won't get a chance to say the, uh, the stingers and the ringers, but you will get a chance to openly celebrate the life's work of your husband that lives inside of the network. And I say you take that moment. And yes, you don't want to see Vince. Yes, you'll feel ways about Vince. Yes, you probably don't want to see Brett. But I honestly think that you got to do it. So it's interesting. Uh, I took a listen to the Talk is Jericho podcast this week where Dr. Martha Hart was a guest on there. And oh. um, yeah, it's a very interesting Whoa. podcast. You should check it out um, because they told a lot of things that they did not talk about uh, on the series this week. And he asked about the Hall of Fame and he asked, would she be opposed to New Japan, AEW, or some other organization doing something to honor Owen? And she said she would not be opposed to it. Here's one of the challenges. She has not followed the wrestling business. So Chris Jericho is telling her that there are other ways to get merchandise out there to honor Owen Hart. Told her about pro wrestling tees. And yeah, other because it, it she, seems like the whole family hasn't followed it. Well, that, that's it. And the reason that they haven't followed it, I think uh, the daughter, Athena, said it very eloquently. She blames pro wrestling for taking her father. And I don't know, you know about that one. Well, here's the thing, right? I, can't, I would never want to lose my parents to something that was preventable. And if you do, you know, you think to yourself what life would be like without a parent in a yeah. preventable circumstance, you know? Facts. And so I'll say this, where before I didn't understand Martha's position and the kid's position, I get it now. I get it now. Now what... Oh, listen, I, I'm with you. I get it. My, my thing right now is this. Thankfully, WWE isn't the only game in town. And thankfully, there are other wrestlers and other organizations who have been impacted by Owen Hart. There are generations of people who have been impacted by Owen Hart. I personally would love to see Owen recognized by any of the other organizations because at this point, it's about acknowledging his contribution. And whether that happens on a WWE stage or not, it's about acknowledging what this man has done and what he has meant to pro wrestling, not just the WWE. Now, what's probably hard for them to be able to fathom is for them, WWE is wrestling, wrestling is WWE. Yes, And the reality true. of it is it's much bigger. The landscape has changed. And I think an AEW, a New Japan, a Ring of Honor 
would show proper respect to an Owen Hart and to his legacy and allow it to live and be properly celebrated. I get this idea that we're not going to allow the company who's responsible for killing our dad to then raise his jersey in the rafter and point to, like, I, I get that. Yeah. I totally get that. The one thing that wasn't talked about in the Benoit uh, dark side of the ring was the thought, you know, Benoit was still shook up from Owen's death by the time Eddie died. That's you true. remember he took it very hard. And um, That's true. Benoit had a match with, what was it, with Brett on WCW? He did. To honor, which many would consider to be one of the most boring matches you'd ever seen in your life. But mm-hmm. it was definitely a Stu Hart special. Yeah. 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 yeah so it's, it's interesting to see. And again, there were a lot of things we didn't get to talk about with that. But you can go to Dark Side of the Ring Check it out. It was an amazing show. And again, the idea that WWE actually sued Martha is still like, yeah. unbelievable. Still beyond me. Shout out, it did remind me. It did remind me that the Hart family took on Shawn Michaels and the Dark Knights or the Blue Knights or the Somebody Knights. They did. And for 16 minutes, they each heart beat the stew out of Shawn Michaels. They Bruce did. was in. Bruce, thank Bruce. God, Bruce, that mustache oh God. took me out. <laughs> and seeing Bret Hart in, in not long shorts was problematic yeah. to me. I totally agree. I totally agree. So we're going to get out of here, guys. Uh, again, always appreciate you hanging out with us. Um, if you've got some questions that you want to ask us, leave us in the comments or, you know, wherever you're viewing this, hit that hashtag, ask the faction, so we can ask your question on the show uh, next week. Uh, let us, better yet, Courtney, how can they reach you by way of social media? At I am Courtney Beard on Instagram, Courtney Beard on Facebook. I want to hear from you about the great sport of professional wrestling. And of course, you can reach out to me at Bonnerfide on all aforementioned platforms. Follow Company us. Man. Company Man. <laughs> Follow Whatever us. Whatever direction he is, Company Man. <laughs> at The Faction Show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And check us out Friday night on our Southern Honor page. Uh, we've got our special guest, one half of the tag team champions, uh, Matt Lynch. He'll be part of the podcast, so that should be a lot of fun. All right, guys, thanks for hanging out with us. Until next time, represent for my good brothers, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clackety Man, GB Collectively. We are Bang the Faction. Solid man.